Hello again, friends and leaders. Welcome back to What Leaders Want. I'm your host, Jay Delling, and it's here that we peel the proverbial onion back on how leadership makes the world go around. Today's podcast is sponsored by Canadis 3, the experts in leadership development, coaching, and consulting. Canadis 3 develops people into leaders of people. And today's going to be fun. We're, we're going to kind of uh, take a little bit of a different approach on what leaders want today. Um, I've got a panel of experts that I'm excited to, to bring to our, our audience. Um, these are business leadership coaches um, and, and spend countless hours improving uh, the leaders in corporate America today. And uh, it's something we all have a, a passion about. And so let me introduce our cast of characters. We have Nathan Tion, A.G. Wendell, and Andy Johns. Also want to thank Dave Gregory for producing the show, as he always does. And sometimes Dave will uh, pipe in when, when he sees fit, which means he'll he'll pipe in. Um, we, we know how, how, how Dave worked. So today, guys, first of all, welcome to the show. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to, to this show. So every now and then, we're going to get this group together um, and just have a roundtable discussion on things that come into us that that people want to know more about. They want to uh, they want some more input on on things that pertain to the workforce. And so I want to throw out a topic, gentlemen, and this is one that that we get quite often. Um, a lot of organizations start their days out with what we call huddles, team huddles, right? These are things that, you know, they want to start the day off. They they want, you know, unity amongst their people. And so let, let's talk about what advice do we have for running team huddles? Who wants to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I'll start, Jay. So <clears throat> I think it really depends a little bit, right, on what organization or what kind of industry you're in. It can probably vary a little bit. Um, what I would say first, you know, you said usually in the beginning of the day, right? And I think that, you know, one, I agree with that. In the beginning of the day is a great way to set the tone for the day. Also, depending on what kind of organization, I've worked a lot with sales teams, right, and remote sales teams. So there is a little side benefit to starting your day with a sales huddle in that people have to be there, right? They have to be on time, right? So there's, there's certainly there's that aspect to it. But then it can really set the tone for the day and get everybody pumped up, right? You can talk about any key issues, celebrate any key wins, but it should be quick, right? So I think the big thing about a huddle, when you think about a huddle, like let's think about like a football huddle, right? I mean, it is before you call a play, it is a quick gathering where everyone gets on the same page and then you go execute, right? So this isn't a laborious team meeting, right? That is going to drag on. It's a huddle and it and it sets the stage. And typically what I've seen, especially in the sales environment, you know, 15 minutes, no more than 15 minutes, you know, check in, how's everyone doing? Maybe a little team building questions, something along those lines. A few minutes on what are the focus areas? Here are some things that we noticed from yesterday or some big things that came up. We need to touch base on them very quickly. And then let's spend five minutes talking about, you know, metrics or how did we win? What wins can we celebrate? And then maybe five minutes on, okay, well, what are some obstacles that we need to overcome? How do we need to problem solve those things? 
Um, something along those lines. But that's a pretty good, like, 15-minute kind of loose agenda, but it should be quick. It should be lightning around um, and really set the stage and then and then get to work. So yeah. that that's when I think about it, especially in the sales environment, especially in the remote sales environment, that really, you know, that's a formula that's been very successful for me and, and folks I've coached. AJ, who participates? Yeah. Who participates, AJ, in these huddles? Well, I, I think, um, I mean, your major stakeholders, so kind of the team huddles that I deal with, it's going to be, you know, your leadership and who's overseeing that team and the team that kind of works hand in hand with them, stakeholders from various different departments. I mean, to Nathan's point, I agree with the time frame. I think a, an additional component of that, though, and some key takeaways are finding a way to engage with the team or the people that you are bringing to it. A lot of times I've seen where leaders use this as a point of lecture and we've got to remember as leaders that yes there's a quarterback who's maybe calling the plays but you need input from the whole team to see everything at a 360 degree view and then i think really for me kind of the last takeaway or the additional piece that i'll provide from uh, my perspective is in a lot of huddles i've seen where there's a lot of talk and a lot of action and a lot of things that are going to happen but no one ever writes them down. No one ever documents mm -hmm. that information and you get a circular rotation of the same conversations. So I would just say leaders, you know, get someone who's going to document those ideas, those great actionable items, assign some owners so we don't repeat ourselves, you know, ongoing in the next meetings. That's a good point. Andy, so, um, you know, we've, we've talked about who participates. We've we've talked about what this what this huddle does, you know, short, kind of, kind of to the point, try to bring in some, some team building. What, what value does this truly bring an organization having these daily huddles? It can create a great team if it's executed appropriately, right? If we're taking on with an agenda, right? It's planned appropriately. They're not hearing the exact same delivery of a message. You can deliver the same message, but you can be creative in the delivery of the message itself. And that's really key there, uh, in my uh, opinion, and also allowing them to be engaged. I believe AJ references. So it's, yes, it's a huddle. And yes, I want to get information out to our team, but really it's their huddle, right? It's their opportunity to express any concerns that are there that we may not be aware of. But also if we want to generate that culture and that team, which is what this is all about, a cohesive team that can work together, both in the good and the bad times, then they've got to be able to be an active member in that from the beginning. It doesn't, all the messages don't need to come from the leader, the manager, or the supervisor. Let's start delegating that to individuals who are really engaged and have the buy-in of the team because you'll get a lot more work done and a lot more discretionary effort from those individuals and you'll see a lift in the morale. It's a big win. It's yeah. conducted appropriately. I love that. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. One, one of the things I think of with that too, right, is and when I kind of talked about, hey, maybe if you have a section during your thing where you talk about a win from the previous day, you can go around the table. It depends on how big your team is. If you're talking about a 15-person thing, you can go around the table and now you're 15 minutes in and, and you know, that's it. But, you know, if everyone knows that they are going to be expected to participate in this huddle as well, coming even with a win or something they ran into that was a roadblock that is a team discussion, you know, you're going to be, otherwise you're just going to have the same, your, your meeting's going to be five minutes every day and it's not going to hold any value other than to say, hi guys, how's it going? I don't know if I you really... guys ran into this, but I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it's kind of a keep it simple topic, but 
you know, with, with multiple organizations that I've worked with, consistency has been a real issue um, and making that meeting consistent. It's okay to meet, but a lot of times I've seen the meetings be inconsistent, kind of fall off the radar, not continue to happen. And then your people don't really know when, to your point, Andy, is my opportunity to present feedback and because it's never consistent across the board. So I think that's an important piece, although a simple component. Curious yeah. on your thoughts. Yeah. Completely agree, but it really, yeah. in my opinion, you have to call people out when they don't do it. So I, I work in the logistics business and frequently it's out in the weather elements and our team has to huddle around outside. Well, when it's cold and it's rainy and I don't even want to be out there, I have two choices, right? I can choose to go sit in my car and watch them outside as a poor leader, or I can choose to get out of the car, get out there, get wet and show them that this is important. And we're going to do it every single day, regardless of the weather conditions, because if not, to your point, you lose the consistency, which yep. leads to a bigger picture, and that's trust issues. We can't trust you to deliver a huddle every single day as you promised you would. How can I trust you with something else? Yeah, 100%. So <clears throat> each industry is, is a little different, right? And so there, there might be a special message that comes with, with each daily huddle. Let's talk about manufacturing for a moment. Safety is so important in manufacturing. And so in the daily huddle, or we work with a couple of manufacturers, they call them Gimba walks. And safety is a huge factor in what they do, right? They've gone, you know, 200 days without, you know, anybody losing time over a, a safety issue, an injury, et cetera. So talk about some of the some of the real important um, individual components uh, of an organization, like in the manufacturing space, like like the the issue of safety. Um, do, do these have a place in in our um, in our morning walks down this path? I think it does. I mean, you know, and I think that depending on where you're at in the process or how topical it is based on maybe recent events, it may not always require the same amount of time, right? But even if you're saying, hey, forefront, we had another day, no accidents, good job, let's be diligent again today. I don't think in I I worked with a manufacturing organization, you know, about two years ago on a client engagement, um, you know, a consulting deal. And, you know, that it was a huge focus for their for them. And they addressed it every single day. Um, they actually probably went a little overboard um, at times, um, you know, to where they had had a recent accident. And so every new onboarding, they had like such a huge focus on it that it, they made it sound like a really scary place to work. And so they, they were scaring new people right away. Um, so we kind of worked with them on that messaging, but it comes from the right place, right? And that's wanting your employees to be safe. So I, I, I worked in training. I worked as a, a corporate trainer for about six years. And one of the lessons that I learned again with, with any knowledge transfer or mastery it's it's about repetition so kind of as nathan talks about as you're bringing these things in it may not be so much that they 
learn everything they need to learn and it's not in depth. But when you continue to repeat the same message over and over and over, you're going to ingrain that in your employees' minds and the things that are important to your culture, your organization, the safety as you're talking about. So so from my perspective, that repetition really hits home, even if it's in, you know, a smaller granular form every day. Right. Okay. So so AJ, this is the second time that I've heard culture. Andy mentioned it earlier in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Talk about the importance of, of kind of associating this idea of, of team huddles and culture. What does it do to our culture to have these consistent meetings, to have these th- this, this production of, uh, of content so that we can do our jobs better, that we can have a higher performance so that we can service our customers better. So I've heard culture twice. Let's let's peel back that onion a little bit. It really yeah. comes down to bringing your team together. Sorry, yeah. AJ. Um, <laughs> no, yes, and, and what I loved that um, Andy said earlier, right, was trust, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm going to have a call every 15 days or a meeting that's outside every 15 days, if I can't be consistent with it, I'm not going to have that trust. And if employees i mean i think everyone's always heard the term right people employees don't leave organizations they leave leaders they leave managers right and it starts with trust right it's a really good point by andy and if you break that trust then you know that's going to be an issue but if you do have that meeting every day and it's consistent and you are working on engaging that team and they know that every day when i come to that meeting it's a safe space to where i can share my win and i can be proud of it and i can share my struggle and because if i have that struggle odds are someone else on the team's having that struggle or if we don't have this meeting then those questions don't ever get asked and it's just kind of is kind of leads into quiet quitting and you know those kinds of you know tools so you know, yeah, yeah. So you're right. Andy mentioned trust before, and we're, I know I'm a big Patrick Lencioni fan, the five dysfunctions of a team. What's the first dysfunction, gentlemen? Trust, yeah. right? Because you have to have trust to have these conflict conversations. Then commitment comes out of that, right? Then we've got accountability, and it's the only way that we can then produce uh, high results. So trust is, if, if you don't have trust, you, you might as well go back home and go to bed. You know, I always think you, you, can, you can tell when you're in a good culture, um, when kind of the, the, the verbiage, the actions reverberate through the entire organization. I've been in places where I'm hearing from leadership as they're growing culture. And, and what I'm hearing them say I'm hearing, you know, the the newest employee say, and I'm hearing employees who are mentoring those new employees saying the same thing. And, and you can start to see how they're building that culture through, like you said, Nathan, that team unity and bringing people together. So I think it all goes hand in hand. So Andy, what does trust mean to you in, in, in a team environment? What, what does that look like? How do you foster that? How do you communicate that? How do you influence that? Lean into vulnerability. I know that sounds very cliche, but it is so true. All right. Brene Brown talks about it all the time. Um, they're going to have difficult topics. There's going to be difficult questions. And if we know that those are coming and we avoid that, we go back to the huddle and we're like, hey, it's not a great day. And the message and the questions that are coming are going to be very challenging. I'm not up for it, so I'm not going to do it. 
Well, there you lose your consistency and you immediately start losing trust because even under difficult situations where you have those difficult questions being thrown at you as a leader, if you don't know what the answer is, just lean into it. Wow, that's a really challenging question. I don't know. Let me find out who do you believe you know is responsible for that? Or some people aren't happy about a policy change. So let's talk about it. What does it look like and how did we get to the solution? Mm-hmm. So that is, in my opinion, where we begin with the trust and keeping it was making sure that you maintain that same level of communication with them, regardless of what they're saying to you. You can have your best employees come in and complaining about something that, quite frankly, is a hot spot for you. But again, their voice needs to be heard. And so it's it's the way that we actually reply to it, and it's the way that the team replies to it. If they see those types of items, they'll come to the table with suggestions. They'll start thinking about that even when we don't realize they're thinking about it. Because if there's a challenge and it's a team, they want to help each other. And that creates trust within the team and with the leader. It was really well said. And, you know, one of the things, too, to talk about, you know, a lot of the things that you just said, Andy, that, you know, when we're kind of talking about a team huddle, is that obviously remembering, you know, while while we're talking about team huddles, it's it's one tool. It's one tool in the toolbox, right? And, you know, that, that trust that culture and you know it comes in a lot of other forms um as well right if you have a really awesome team huddle every single day and then you have a open or a shut door policy you know the rest of the day and you're not doing one-on-ones with your employees and you're not you know you're not meeting with them and coaching them one-on-one then you're probably not going to have that trust just because you run an awesome team huddle it's one tool it's one piece of the puzzle You're listening to What Leaders Want. Um, This is a fun discussion. We're talking about uh, some advice we have for running team huddles. Our cast of characters is Nathan Tion, A.G. Wendell, uh, Andy Johns. Thanks to Dave Gregory for uh, producing the show today. I'm your host, Jay Delling. Let's talk about, I, I always talk to my clients about what is their North Star? What what is their mission, their vision, their core values? And um, how do we incorporate the the North Star components? How do we how do we incorporate the core values into these these team huddles to to really reinforce what we're doing? For example, here at Canadas Three, um, our four core values are uh, we're passionate, we're authentic, we're collaborative, and we're very empowering. And so I try to blend that in, you know, in every conversation I have, but I blend in what their core values are. Um, so so how do we weave in what our mission is, what our vision is, and what our core values are into these team huddles? How important is that? Well, I think it's important because if you're going to have values, if you've taken the time to flesh those out and they're truly important to you, then you're going to live and breathe them, right? And so um, it doesn't mean that you have to have agenda items to specifically address each value, right? But just continuing to keep that in mind. And if you're doing something, if you're having a meeting, do it with intent, do it with purpose. And just always remember those values and try to weave those things in, you know, accordingly. Um, in tone, in purpose, and um, in in value. Yeah, there's a the old uh, kind of a cliche saying, I guess, action reflects leadership. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what your people see you doing, they will 
in a lot of cases, do the same way, act the same way, behave the same way. And so as leaders, we really do set the precedence in a lot of even nonverbal ways, just yeah. how we present ourselves and how we work and how we show people our actions that we want to see. So we've talked about how huddles are important. So let's let's really peel this onion back. What what does a great huddle agenda include? And I know, you know, it, it can be industry specific, it can be company specific, but what are the commonalities? Um, what what are some really pearls that we can we can kind of deliver today as as you know our, our listeners are out there and, and they may run huddles and they may think well man I I'm, I think we're close but but I think we're we're lacking in in agenda content um, how can we help them develop that content Nathan I think you had mentioned wins I think that's yeah, definitely yeah. a good one wins. Your challenges, you got to give your people time to talk about your challenges, opportunities, and I, I would say just another quick bullet point, priorities. Yeah. I think the team needs to understand what the priorities are. So, and, and yeah, and the, the common template that I use and I give sales leaders when they're first doing team huddles with their sales teams is 15 minutes, two minutes of kind of like a check-in or team building right you know kind of question lighten the mood get everyone in a good mood but two minutes not don't, don't spend a lot of time on it three minutes or so right on those focus areas the priority areas what really came up what's new what does the team need to know we really need to focus on this um you know and then and then five minutes ish right on wins um and then five minutes on problem solving um road you know how do you attack those roadblocks roadblocks um and then you know that allows variances to seep into you know those those four kind of areas but it keeps the agenda tight too i've worked in healthcare before and as mm -hmm. as i'm thinking about this this idea of team huddles i used to be involved in team huddles and collaboration and teamwork were a, a big part of these huddles because it takes more than one silo, if you will, in order to get whatever the end in mind is, right? Whatever the ultimate objective is, the ultimate goal. Um, for example, um, you, you know, the, the nursing staff has a role with a particular patient, right? Um, a, a, a medical director, a, the, the medical staff, the, the physician staff, the provider staff will, will have a certain role, right? The, there, there's administrative pieces to, to put all this together. So as you're having these daily huddles, we've talked about the, the, the importance of wins and challenges and opportunities and, and priorities, but let's talk about the true teamwork and collaboration that really makes this thing work. Uh, don't make me choose, boys. Come on, Andy. Let's talk about teamwork and collaboration. Think about think about these huddles and think about just the different entities in your organization that comes together in these huddles. I mean, you, Nathan, you 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 have a, a great sales background, right? So it might just be a sales huddle. Yeah, or or you know, a sales huddle, and, and this is good. It kind of makes you think a little bit. But you know, you. 
you might have like, okay, there's an issue, right? We're, we're a sales team and we're running and we're gunning and we're, we're living our world. And then maybe we have an issue with the shipping department over mm -hmm. some issues or something along those lines. Well, that's a great opportunity, right? To not just, okay, guys, this is how we're going to, as a sales team, deal with this issue and how we're going to work around the issues with the shipping or whatever, right? Let's Let's bring them in. Let's have a collaborative meeting um, or bring them in and invite them into you know that team huddle so that we can all kind of get on the same page together because you have your individual teams, right? You're maybe your departmental teams, but you're all one team organizationally. And it's important to you know not be siloed as as we've kind of talked about during this yeah, call. Yeah, love well. that. So so Andy, kind of build on that. Uh, because I know you're great with teamwork and collaboration. I know, I know that's a that's a a passion of yours. So how can we? How important is that in a team huddle environment? I appreciate the compliment, Jay. And Nathan is absolutely on point as far as I'm concerned when it comes to making sure that individuals are collaborating. We're listening to them. We're addressing the elephant in the room because typically that's what's happening, right? You've got a bunch of people around you. You're delivering a message. The team seems to be engaged, but you know there's something that everyone's thinking about and nobody wants to raise their hand about it. Nobody wants to speak about it. Um, and so call it out. And that's the first phase, in my opinion. And as they start seeing you calling out what genuinely is the problem, not something that just sounds politically correct in the workforce, but what is the problem? Then we start throwing out, okay, what's the workaround? I know there's a policy, but what's the workaround? Let's talk about that. Let's be realistic on what that workaround looks like. And then let's go back and evaluate how can this help everyone here? Because typically people have a workaround. The question is, is it yeah. safety, right? Is it safe? Mm -hmm. And um, is it breaking any laws? Those are two things you really have to look at first, mm -hmm. but then you remove yourself and it could be that a process just needs to be changed or implemented to really flip an entire culture around. And it has nothing to do necessarily with the policy itself. It has everything to do with listening to people and them seeing action. And so many times, I've se so many times I've seen where the people who might be able to change the policy just again aren't part of those conversations so the people having the huddle internally just don't have the knowledge or the know-how to make the change and so when you bring in those other departments like you guys are talking about that's a great way to bring in the extra experience and people who mm -hmm. may know details of the organization that you or the other team have no idea about to change and you know it also can just even if there's not a major issue that needs to be addressed and now we need to bring this other team it's a good idea to just on a have a regular ish cadence to do that because it can also one incorporate you know that teamwork with other departments but it can also freshen up your you know your team huddle so it doesn't just become the same agenda every single day and it becomes stale right and we're humans we're all humans we just want to know who's behind the curtain and who we're working with and get a deeper <laughs> connection with those people so when we you know um ask for something or we're making deposits in the emotional banks we can you know uh kind of withdraw those sometimes and we know uh, how to interact with those individuals. I think there's a real humanistic part we haven't talked about, and that's just, you know, building relationships with the entire group. So, yeah. Positive intent. Absolutely. They have yeah, to know I, that. I so love this discussion. What I want to do to kind of wrap this up is let's let's go around the horn. What's 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 your takeaway from from our discussion today? What what do we really want people to know give us give us one 
piece of advice that uh, uh, you really want to emphasize? Nathan, let's start with you. Yeah, the team huddles are, they're a tool, right? They're a tool in your toolbox. And what I really loved, I think my biggest, you know, my biggest takeaway that, you know, I'll incorporate into even my coaching was just Andy's message about trust, right? It all starts with trust. And I think that, you know, it's something, you know, the, you know, the, the, five dysfunctions of a team, but whenever you get an opportunity to kind of, you know, come back down to the fundamentals and remember that's really where it starts, um, then, you know, you have, you've got a foundation there that you can build on. Yeah. All right, AJ, follow that up. Yeah. I think for me, really, again, it's just making sure to bring to the multiple leaders when and how to bring in the other members of the team to accomplish the goals and not being, um, afraid to put yourself in and like Andy mentioned that vulnerable position where you can feel like I'm utilizing others expertise as opposed to feeling uh, maybe bad that you don't have the answer and it's okay to go somewhere else and and that brings a whole nother level of human uh, you know uh, components to it good thoughts Andy wrap this up for us structure and include your people Right. If you've got the structure and a cadence, regardless of who's delivering it, they'll know what is expected of them on one scale or the other and including everyone. So they genuinely are part of the huddle, the team. Love this conversation. We could go on for, I think, another 30 <laughs> minutes. But guys, listen, thank you so much. I want to thank my guests today, Nathan Tion, A.J. Wendell, Andy Johns. Big thanks to Dave Gregory, who produces the show. Appreciate you guys. We're going to get together every month, five or six weeks or something like that. And we're going to do this again. So friends, that's a wrap. We'll put a bow on this episode of What Leaders Want. Today's podcast is sponsored by Canadis 3, the experts in leadership development, coaching, and consulting. Canadis 3 develops people into leaders of people. Until we meet again, remember, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you, my friends, are leaders. Bye now.